Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode seven of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Do You Remember the First Time? Lots of drama this episode, lots of relationship building, relationship altering, etc. I will say also, this is the end of the first chapter of season six, which is called The Grieving Chapter. We'll talk at the end of the episode about what you think the next chapter will be called. I never get those right. I'm going to tell you, I find it hard to believe you'll guess this next one. Oh, good. Even better. (laughs) Even better. Even when it's easy, I don't get it. A lot to talk about today, but before we get into any of it, here's a quick ad. I'll start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When the past comes back to haunt her, Elena is forced to face her problems head on. After a night out at the annual Whitmore Medical Center fundraiser, these events are getting lazier and lazier, <laughs> Joe opens up to Alaric about her own tragic past. Mm-hmm. So she does. Meanwhile, Stefan, Matt, and Enzo resort to extreme measures when Trip withholds information about his vampire killing operation, and Caroline is in a race against the clock when Sheriff Forbes gets caught in the middle of a dangerous plan. Elsewhere, Tyler and Liv grow closer. Oh, boo. Did that have to be in the synopsis? (laughs) And Damon stumbles upon a startling clue that renews his hope. A lot of big couple moves and a lot of slayage. Yeah, this was a crazy little episode. We start the episode where we ended the last episode in the Whitmore dorm. Elena and Damon are looking at each other and we're supposed to be on the edge of our seats. Not sure if like looking at each other will be enough to trigger her memories. They keep it vague for a minute, but it's pretty clear it didn't work because they're not kissing. That's pretty damning. He says, okay, I'll start. Um, <laughs> I know Rick Eternal Sunshine, our relationship out of your brain, but please tell me it's coming back or at least part of it because imagining this exact moment is what got me through the last few months. It's like, well, Damon, let's check in with your imagination. Is it anywhere near there? It's not probably because she doesn't have any interest at the moment. Yeah, and she says- I'm not sure what to say. So no. no. And he (laughs) says, it's so easy. Just say that you missed me as much as I missed you. And she says, I remember. And she takes a little bit of a pause. And then she says, pain. Yeah, because you can see she's like, I remember. She's like looking in her head like, do I have anything to give him? Yeah. And then she says, I remember all the terrible things you did to people I care about. I honestly don't remember anything good between us. I thought if I saw you in person, it might change everything. But and he says, well, maybe you just need more time. And she says, Damon, I know I loved you. And I know apparently I forgave you for all the awful things you did, but I just don't remember it. I'm sorry. I just don't feel it anymore. Sorry. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she's like, okay, I really am sorry. And as she's saying sorry, she is like closing the door. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm really sorry. So see you later. Maybe you are not. He's like, what the hell? We go over to the Whitmore Hospital. Alaric is in bed resting and Damon is messing with the heart monitor. And Alaric says, hey, I don't think you should be playing with all that stuff. It's like bringing a child to the hospital. Yeah. Damon says, keep going. We're on a roll. All the terrible things I did to people Elena cared about. Let's see. I turned Caroline into my own personal blood juice box. I turned Matt's sister into a vampire. Threatened to kill Bonnie a couple times. And Rick says, more than a couple. Yeah, Rick's like, let's be honest if we're going to do this. Damon says, subjective. Sometimes I was being funny. And he was sometimes. And then Rick says, yeah, but there's more also. You know, you killed Stefan's best friend at his birthday party. And Damon says, well, that was an unfortunate coincidence. (laughs) 
And Rick says, then you snapped Jeremy's neck when Elena said she'd never love you. And Damon says, you know what? On second thought, let's focus on all the charming, heroic things you obliterated from my girl's mind. And Rick says, I know. If I could take it all back, I would. Damon says, I know. And listen, despite the fact that my long list of dastardly deeds includes killing you, I'm glad you're alive. And he says, thanks. They're both happy. Yeah, they have they have besties again. Even though, you know, this is putting a little snag in their relationship. It's not a huge snag. They're still bestie besties. Yeah, they, they move past it very quickly because these two are like, look, we're not finding other friends that like us this much. Yeah. Let's be realistic. <laughs> Damon pushes on Alaric's wound a little hard and says, although, had you actually died a vampire instead of becoming human again, your compulsion would have gone away and Elena would be mine again. And Rick says, that is very heartfelt. I appreciate it. Damon says, now she's stuck with only evil me memories forever and ever. And Rick says, hey, if you kill me, I'm dead for good this time. You remember that. And while he's messing with the heart monitor, it flatlines. <laughs> and so Joe comes in because she thinks he died. Yeah, Damon takes like the little thing off his finger that actually measures the pulse. So it. So you know how he did it. Great. <laughs> Miss Elena Gilbert. Yeah, you should be volunteering at the hospital. <laughs> Joe comes in. She sees he's alive. So she just says, oh, good morning. And Damon says, just a heads up, Doc, you're going to be in real high demand with a bunch of vampires who want to be human again if you could repeat that little healing trick you did at the border with Rick last night. And Joe says, well, just a heads up, but saving Alaric's life was a matter of a treatable death wound, perfect timing, and fear of losing the most interesting guy I've dated in a while, Adrenaline. And they just smile at each other. Yeah, Alaric's just smiling from his hospital bed. He's being cutie. And she says, it is 100% unrepeatable, which is why you will tell no one. Julie Plex said, you guys better not get any fucking ideas. She said, no, that was a one-time thing. And it is fair because like if someone snaps a neck, what's she going to do about it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it does it does set the precedent because, you know, deaths are varied. Like, could Damon and Stefan do this with gunshot wounds? Could Elena do this with drowning? Could Joe do enough CPR on Elena? Yeah. Julie Plex is saying, no. Yeah. Don't even think about it, bitch. Julie Plex is saying, this was a one-time thing. Okay. No one's getting cured this way again. <laughs> Damon says, she's bossy. I like her. And then he taps Rick a little hard again. He's really having fun with that. And so Joe goes up to Rick and says, do you have a nice suit and a clean pair of socks? And he says, yeah, I think so. And Joe says, good. I'm releasing you. The hospital fundraisers tonight and I'm making the interns go. So I need a date. I'm going to start your paperwork. We go over to Tripp's little shed in the woods. And oh, how the tables have turned. Because now it is Tripp coming to in the torture chair and Enzo looking at him. And, you know, that's why you got to be careful who you torture. Yeah. Because they will get you back. Stefan and Matt are also here. And Enzo says, hello again. That was quite a mess you made at the border last night. Hit and run. <laughs> and then he says, good thing Matt was in the neighborhood to give you a ride home. And Trip is shook. He says, A2, Matt. He's like, how do you guys know Matt? This is even my number one guy and he's betraying. <laughs> yeah. Trip says, you brought me here. And Matt says, you went after my friends. What did you expect? And Tripp says, you're friends who kill people. To be fair to Matt, the person who Tripp is most concerned about killing people is Enzo, who's not really Matt's friend. Yeah, Matt doesn't really care either way. But he knows Caroline cares, so he has to do that. Stefan says, come on, Enzo, just ask him what you want to know. Let's get this over with. And Enzo says, Stefan has already made a very passionate argument in favor of snapping your neck. Whereas in a surprising role reversal, I've opted for the let's think this through, get all the information before we kill him method. That was a good move this time. Yeah. Thank you, Enzo. 
Matt says, don't be a dick. You know you can drive the vein out of him, compel him to forget everything, and he'll never set foot in Mystic Falls again. And Enzo says, you don't really think he's a one-man vampire-busting operation, do you? Enzo's like, I already had to kill one of his little henchmen. Like, it's pretty clear that he's not the end. Yeah. And Enzo says, while Trip tortured me for the names of your friends, I had a front row seat to quite a few urgent phone calls and visits from mysterious right-hand men, many of whom were wearing uniforms not dissimilar to the one you've been traipsing around in. And don't get me started on how stupid it is that they even have a uniform. Yeah. (laughs) Enzo says, I'd just like to know what they're up to while he's here with us. Stefan grabs a hammer and hits Trip's hand one time and he folds. (laughs) He screams so loud and don't get me wrong like i get that broke some bones in your hand but i do like i'm not gonna ask anyone to test this on me obviously but i do think i could have handled that better than he did yeah and i do think like yes stefan probably hits with a hammer harder than like the average man but i do think i'd be like ah (laughs) i do think i'd scream but i don't think i would like have this long drawn out scream like he was milking it yeah he was a little bit milking it and then again he immediately snitches he says they're doing the same thing they were when they were with me. They're tracking vampires like your friend, Caroline Forbes. It's like, oh, wow, Trip, it only took that? What a loser. <laughs> Stefan says, okay, take two hours, get the names of his men and what they know. After that, he's a liability. Get rid of him. And he goes. We go over to the Whitmore Quad. Caroline and Elena are sitting and having their morning coffee and girl gabbing. Caroline says, you didn't feel anything? And Elena says, I felt scared and guilty. And his eyes were really blue and pretty, but I don't remember loving him. She's like, I don't remember loving him, but I am a woman at the end of the day. Yeah, (laughs) I have eyes. (laughs) Caroline says, so you don't remember. So be it. Caroline's like, well, them's the breaks. (laughs) Elena says, that's your advice. And Caroline says, well, Elena, look at your life right now. You're doing well in school. You're following your dreams. You met Liam, who also has very pretty eyes, not to mention he's never killed your brother. Now, fair enough. Yeah, you really can't argue with that argument, unfortunately. I can't argue with the last one. I can't argue with the second to last one because his eyes look like a little creepy bug. He looks like a little bit like a marionette. He looks like if he sat really still in a corner, you'd be like, oh, that's haunted. Night of the living dummy head ass. (laughs) Elena says, true. Caroline says, I mean, I just gave Stefan the friend boot. Maybe a little break from the Salvatore brothers is in the cards for the both of us. I think you're trying to speak it into existence a little bit too much, girl. I'll love. Look, I get wanting a break from the two of them. In what world can you keep the two of these boys out of your life? They'd make a big game about how they don't want to like hurt anybody, whatever. They will not leave y'all alone. They will insert themselves. Caroline says, oh, look, McDreamy's coming. Got to go see you later. She's referring to who we call eyebrows, but we know him as Liam. How offensive to Patrick Dempsey to call this boy McDreamy. Patrick Dempsey should sue. <laughs> That's libel. That's libel. That's defamation. <laughs> Liam sits with Elena and says, so, guess who came to the hospital for a shoulder arthroscopy this morning? He literally, like, I was gagging when I was watching it, like, in a bad way. I know your one personality trait is that you're pre-med, but could you talk about something other than medicine? Like, all you want to do is talk about this girl who healed. Shut up and (laughs) talk about, like, movies. You do not have to keep bringing this up. Because... First of all, if I were Elena, I would take a different path with this. I mean, the path she's taking clearly doesn't work. But I'd be like, you know, it's actually kind of rude that you, like, don't respect me enough as, like, a potential doctor that you're, like, talking down on me. That's exactly what I'd do. I'd be like, oh, so you're saying I couldn't have healed her because I'm a woman. Oh, so you think women can't be doctors. That's exactly what I'd say. Would you say that to your mother? (laughs) That's what I'd do. 
easy. He'd be like, no, I just don't understand, like, just from her injuries. Like, oh, so I don't know what her injuries were now? So re- you really think I can't be a doctor? You are so fucking sexist. Yeah, Elena, that's that's the spin you should have taken. Anyways, she says, oh, hello to you, too. Because she's like, I don't really want to talk about medicine. Aren't we dating? She's like, I do have a life. She's like, I have to tell you, you know, I got rid of a lot of my memories. And people are shipping us a little bit more than I think they normally would. Because they really want me to move on from this guy. You better be hot. Because I I will not be shipped with a nerd. (laughs) Liam says, Lady Whitmore, the girl from the bonfire who you miraculously saved from certain death. And I can't figure out how. Turns out she was here on a tennis scholarship before she blew out her arm last year. Now she needs to get her cartilage cleaned out every six months. Here's the other thing I would say. I'd be like, oh, so she's so much hotter than me? Checking out other girls? Oh, so oh, so you love her. So that's, that's your girlfriend now? Oh, so your move is now to like make me jealous by being obsessed with other girls? <laughs> Elena says, you're still obsessing over that? <laughs> and Liam says, here's the crazy part. She doesn't remember getting hurt in the corn maze crash. And Elena says, wow, she must have been really drunk. Wow, crazy what trauma can do. Liam says, I'm going to take a look at her labs, like see if she's not an alien or a super soldier or something. He says super soldier like it's something. Don't know what I mean. <laughs> Elena laughs and it's totally fake. Yeah, because she's like, don't fucking do that. She says, hey, since when do volunteers have access to patient labs? And he says, oh, since never. But if you rat me out, you can't be my date to the hospital fundraiser tonight. Then I'll rat you out. I would go right up to Joe and say, hey, this makes me really uncomfortable to bring up. But Liam just said that he was like going to look at a patient's labs. And I like, I didn't think we were allowed to do that. And I just wanted to make sure that like he wasn't breaking any rules. I just want to make sure the patients feel as safe as possible in the hospital. Bam, he's out. Take it a step further. I'd be like, Liam was talking about this patient and I think he's going to stalk her. (laughs) Like, I think he wants to find out where she lives. And also he wants to look at her lab. So it's unethical, but also creepy. Elena. Get on the lies, girl. She's like too, I don't even want to say into him because she's clearly not that into him as we see later. Yeah. But like, it's like she's too into him to think about this. Like, it would be so easy to get him off this trail. And also, just compel him. Like, just right now, compel him. There's no reason to not. What is with the dillying and the dallying? I know she doesn't like compelling people, but in this case, I think we should allow it. Sometimes it's useful. And she says, well, we have to go. Joe said it's mandatory, so like, I'm still going to go to the hospital fundraiser if I'm not your date. And he says, doesn't mean it can't still be a date. And he kisses her and leaves. And it's like, oh, you guys are kissing now? (sighs) Not for long, it appears. We go over to the Salvatore house in the prison world. The broken ascendant is on the table. And Bonnie is on the couch. She has her wound, but she is alive. And she's breathing and she's good. And she wakes up. And Kai is there. And he says, oh, look, who's awake? How do you feel? She says, like, you shot me with an arrow. And he says, right. Anywho, I have no idea how you managed to shatter the Ascendant into a billion pieces, but we need to put it back together before the eclipse at 1228. Want to help? I know you're a puzzle person. And she says, no, I don't want to help. She said, I don't like you. (laughs) You're a psychopath. This place is your prison. I'm not letting you out. Besides, you'll just kill me the minute we get out. And he says, you know, you've been through a trauma. Your memory is probably a little fuzzy right now, so you might be thinking that your magic will protect you. But all I have to do is hold your hand, and your magic suddenly becomes mine. He siphons. She struggles. Just a reminder that that's what he's doing. Yeah. He says, oh, wait, what's that? You're going to finally do the spell to get us home? But no, instead what she does is she stabs him in the neck with a letter opener. 
He falls to the ground to die uh, temporarily. She takes the ascendant pieces and runs. It can't hurt to kill him real quick and try this. It's not going to make him more mad at you. Exactly. We go over to the dorm at Whitmore. Caroline is doing her homework at her desk. Studious. She looks at a photo of her and Stefan and Elena, and she like puts it face down because she doesn't want to look at it because she's annoyed with Stefan. Yeah. Then Stefan knocks at the door. And she says, that's weird. And he says, what's weird? She says, none of your business. We're not friends anymore. Which means you can't just show up unannounced to my door. Bye. She tries to close the door on him, but he gets in. And he says, Caroline, you're not safe. Trips men still have your name. And she says, so what? You're here to protect me? Newsflash. Don't need your protection. More importantly, don't want it. Yeah, she's like, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty capable of things myself here. But she gets a call from her mom. And so she says, hey, mom, can I call you back? I'm trying to get a piece of gum off my shoe. Which is such a (laughs) a sleigh line. Unfortunately, it's immediately undercut because Liz says, actually, honey, this can't wait. And we see that a man has her at gunpoint. Mm -hmm. And she says, do you have any idea where Trip Cook might be? I know you guys have your little volunteer team. If you're kidnapping the sheriff, I think you're on the wrong side of things. Yeah, one of you should be like, hey, I don't know if I can go through with this. Caroline says, Trip? Uh, no, I have no idea why. And Liz says, because one of his men just ran me off the road and they're going to kill me if they don't get him back. Fair enough. I mean, I don't agree with them doing this, this team, but like this is a good move for that team. Yeah. For now. We go into Caroline's car. Stefan is driving. Caroline is trying to call Enzo, but she can't get a hold of him. And Caroline says, I just, I didn't call her today. I always call my mom every Saturday morning, but today I said, screw it. I want to sleep in. I'll do it tomorrow. And Stefan says, don't worry, we're almost there. And Caroline says, almost there? You said two hours and then kill him. Do you even remember how long ago you said that? What kind of person sets a ticking clock without setting his watch? And he's like, well, I didn't really care if this guy died, so. Yeah. Her phone rings and it's Enzo. And Caroline answers and says, please tell me Trip is still alive. And Enzo says, Trip is still alive. Surprisingly torture resistant, but alive. And Caroline says, what took you so long to answer your phone? And Enzo says, my fingers were covered in blood. The touchscreen wouldn't work. That is just a fun joke. They didn't have to put that in for any reason other than for us to giggle. Well, I love it because, like, it's not a joke. That's probably what happened. That's practicality. (laughs) Caroline says, just don't kill him, okay? One of his guys took my mom. Keep your hands off him so I can get her back, okay? Enzo, please. We go into the shed where Enzo has left Trip alone with Matt for them to catch up. And Trip says, you know, I thought I could make the world a better place by getting rid of them. Teach kids like you to be strong. Defend yourselves. You got to this one a little late, Trip. <laughs> yeah. But look at you. You're on the wrong side. Matt says, I'm not on the wrong side, man. My side's just really freaking complicated. He's like, I don't really want to hear this. <laughs> He's like, honestly, I don't love this side either. But what am I supposed to do? He's like, I'm really conflicted about this, but they all just fucking turned into vampires over the course of three years. And what else am I going to do here? They're my best friends. Like, I didn't ask them to do it. The door opens and Enzo says, update, Tripp's henchman kidnapped the sheriff in Mystic Falls. This confirms for Matt that he is actually on the correct side for himself. He's already turned against Tripp even more. Yeah, this pisses Matt right off. And Matt says, what? And Tripp says, it's a contingency plan in case anything ever happened to me. That's insane. Yeah. You run a fucking volunteer crime fighting brigade and your contingency plan, if anything ever happens to you, is to get rid of the sheriff. Is to kidnap the sheriff and hold her hostage. That's like a big leap. I feel like there's a couple other contingencies you could have done first. Yeah. That raise less suspicions. That would put the men in less danger. Mm -hmm. But whatever. Matt says, that's your idea of being on the right side. 
Trip doesn't answer that because he's like, that is an interesting point that you raised. He's like, well, you did kind of get me there. Trip says you can set the meat for the edge of town off Old Miller Road. You can do the trade there. They know they'll be safe behind the border. And send Matt. They trust him. Which, unfortunately, he gave them enough information for Enzo to be like, I can do whatever I fucking want to. They trust Matt. Yeah. Enzo said, great. They trust Matt and they'll be right at the border. This sounds easy. And clearly Matt's not going to betray us. So So Enzo's like, I got a plan going. We go over to the prison world. Bonnie goes to the Mystic Falls Hospital. She runs in. She grabs some first aid supplies, including like band-aids, new dressing for her wound, antibiotics and painkillers. She takes some pills, puts on a new band-aid. She takes out the ascendant pieces, sets them out, and she looks at the clock and she says, okay, I've got an hour and 45 minutes. I can do this. Then we go over to Skullbur. It is the hospital fundraiser, whatever that means. Mind you, this time, that sign for Skullbur is, it's giant. It's giant. And I said, I don't know that we ever learned the name of this burr. <laughs> Some people just can't read. Liv is working as a server, as she does. She's really sexified this server costume. That can't be allowed. But I do think she might be like the boss. Yeah. So I think she's like, you guys have to wear the men's vest a size up. I'm wearing the sexy vest. Not me, though. Y'all be easy. <laughs> Tyler is pouring champagne just catastrophically bad. Yeah, I mean... This man has never worked a day in his life. This is his first attempt at a job. Yeah. Not shocking that this is how it's going. And Liv says, seriously? You don't know how to fill a champagne glass? And he says, I never said I was a professional. You don't have to be a professional. Yeah, it's very low level skill set to fill a champagne flute. She definitely gave you one of the easiest jobs. Yeah. She says, okay, first and most obvious rule, they all have to be even and no slopping over the sides. And he says, okay, thank you. So thanks for the help. She says, for what? Not firing you? I'm not even paying you. She's real for that. That is so embarrassing for him. She, should, she shouldn't pay him. He's not good. And, and he says, no, for letting me like try to repay you. And she says, in case we forgot this happened, she says, I killed someone so you wouldn't trigger your werewolf curse and you think being my burr back for a night is enough to repay me? And he said, I didn't say that. He said, I didn't say that, but I mean, it's a start. <laughs> At least you're talking to me. He says, honestly, I'd rather chain myself to a cellar and turn every month than wear this lame-ass tie. It's a plain black tie. Uh, let's be careful what we wish for here, Tyler. Yeah. Liv says, which isn't straight. You should take some pride in your appearance. And she goes, they are doing their darndest to have chemistry, and I just don't give a fuck. I just can't. Every time I see them talking to each other, I'm like, let's, let's move this along. Yeah. Get me somewhere else. Elsewhere at the front door, Joe and Alaric arrive. There's a poster at the front that has Joe's face on it. <laughs> and he says, are you the guest of honor or something? And she says, oh, I won an award for a battlefield medical clamp I patented. Whitmore likes to trot me out when they want to raise money. And he says, so basically, you're a genius. And one thing, the implication here that is so funny, she is like a known genius doctor at Whitmore. Mm -hmm. How many times do you think Wes Maxfield tried to recruit her for Augustine? <laughs> Well, especially because she knows what vampires are. Like, how many times do you think he tried to get her to come and she never showed up? She was <laughs> like, this is stupid. Or I guess I should say, do you think she was involved in Augustine? No. <laughs> One thing about her, like, she is, you know, we learn more about her witch background later. Yeah. But like, she seems to have a strong belief in medicine and doing things the right way. Which yeah. we cannot say for any other doctor we've ever met on this show. Yeah, literally. I mean, she seems like the type of person that, like, 
they would invite her to the Augustine Society and she'd be like, absolutely fucking not. Just let me fucking go to work. Don't we have to be at the hospital? She'd be like, where are you guys getting the time to do this? Like, go fucking help some people. (laughs) And they'd be like, well, you don't understand. Their blood can heal people. She's like, so can fucking medicine, you idiots. She's like, have you all ever tried to use gauze? (laughs) Yeah. Any of you learn CPR? Do you guys do any actual work here? (laughs) Damon enters the fundraiser. He comes in between them and puts an arm on each of their shoulders. He's third wheeling. He loves to be a bestie. Yeah. He says, or she has a witchy advantage. What, is it supposed to be a secret that she's a witch? And she says, I don't practice, so no witchy advantage. Just a lot of hard work. Yeah, she's like, I'm actually just very smart. Yeah. And she says, who invited him? And Rick says, he sort of invited himself, mostly to stalk Elena. Rick's like, I really don't have any control where he goes. I mean, I I understand he's my friend, but I want to make that clear to you. I learned a long time ago, I, I don't have to invite him or uninvite him anyway. He'll show up when he wants to. And actually, if I uninvite him, he's more likely to show up. Yeah. Damon says, oh, don't be cynical. I'm here to spend some quality time with my once dead, now human best bud. Elena enters with Liam. She has a little strappy top dress. Yeah. Awful sexy for a party she has to show up to. (laughs) And Damon can't help but notice that Elena has a date. So he says, who's that? And Joe says, oh, that would be Liam Davis valedictorian, straight A's freshman year, taking junior level classes, not to mention medical royalty. Not so bad on the eyes either. Looks like he's Elena's date. Number one, we can assume he's a sophomore. He's taking junior level classes. That's not that impressive. That's not like that much of a jump. Like maybe he tested out some AP stuff. And also who cares if he was valedictorian? And what the hell is medical royalty? All these questions. But Damon's just jealous. Uh, So he says, you know, did I say I liked you? I meant the opposite. And she's like, well, I'm being silly goofy in my own way. She said, I really don't care. (laughs) Across the room, Elena is entering a raffle. And Liam says, you know, those things are rigged, right? What a downer. It's a raffle. How rigged can it be? If anything, they just don't mix the tickets enough. And even if it is rigged, okay, so I don't win the trip to Fiji. I already didn't have a trip to Fiji. It's not going to kill me. Well, and oh, man, I just donated money to a hospital. That sucks. Yeah. Elena says, is that another one of your conspiracy theories? Super soldiers take over the world to carry out vicious fundraising schemes. So her new spin is, you're a conspiracy theorist. I actually love this spin. I think this is a a great way to do it. Yeah. To really mix these both together. I thought this was great by her. Yeah. He says, well, when you say it like that, I sound like a loser. Be a little more explicit, Elena. Like, You know, I just thought someone who, like, knew anything about science wouldn't believe in that kind of junk. But, like, hey, we can't all be smart. To each his own. Elena says, you know, when I win my trip to Fiji, you don't have to come. And he says, oh, and he kisses her. And Elena, sweetie, have you seen your luck? You're not winning that trip. Yeah. (laughs) In the background, Damon stares at them kissing, and he is just disgusted. As am I. It's so me. He is making the funniest little face. Elena says, okay, maybe you can come to Fiji. Ha ha ha, they laugh. And then she spots Damon and she's like, oh man, this is awkward. So she says, can you grab us a couple drinks? And he goes, Damon approaches her. And Elena says, sorry, I didn't know you were here. Liam returns and he says, oh, hey, wine or beer? And Elena says, you know, it really doesn't matter, whatever you want. I just wanted you to get away from me. And now you just popped right back in at the worst possible time. Damon says, hi, Damon Salvatore, Elena's ex. Nice to meet you. Liam says, wait, Damon? As in the ex who died? 
And Elena's like, oh, fuck. She's like, why did I fucking say that? She says, right, that is what I told you, which is obviously not true, which sucks because it was true. She didn't even really lie. I mean, she should just be like, well, I meant he was dead to me. Yeah. Damon says, well, you know, it's a figure of speech, more kind of like an emotional death, very messy breakup. But we're past that now, right? We're in the friend stage. And Elena says, right, yeah. And Damon says, so the ex meets the new guy. And he goes up to Liam and holds him by the shoulders, makes him look incredibly puny. Yeah, these two standing next to each other. It's like, Liam, you are not even close here. And Damon compels him. And he says, how freaked out are you right now? And Liam says, I feel a little threatened, but I think I could take you. Which that is like, that's compulsion. So you really think that? That is delusion, my man. Yeah. Damon says, ooh, confident, sexy. And Elena says, Damon. And Liam says, I'm sorry, what is going on? And Damon says, focus. He compels Liam and says, go to the bar, get her a Chardonnay. And Liam leaves. Elena says, I hate Chardonnay. (laughs) And Damon says, I know. An iconic sequence of lines because he says, get her a Chardonnay. I'm like, ooh, she wants Chardonnay. And then they're saying, I hate Chardonnay. I'm like, okay, I'm standing you again, girl. Yeah, you got me back. She says, what are you doing, Damon? And he says, I'll explain on the dance floor. May I? And she goes with him. So we go back to the shed. Enzo opens the door for Caroline and Stefan, who have now arrived to pick up Trip. Enzo says, hello, gorgeous. She walks right past him and goes in. Mm-hmm. And she sees Trip, who looks not great. And she says, what did you do to him? And it's because he just turned into a vampire. Yeah. Enzo says, he's fine. Just a little blood loss. I think he may have an iron deficiency problem. Stefan says, knock it off, okay? Her mother's life is on the line. Enzo's like, I know. That's why I did this. <laughs> Enzo says, hang on, just so I'm clear. All Caroline had to do to get you to treat her with a modicum of respect is to stop paying attention to you. Is that how it works? Speak on it. And he's right. He's going to bat for Caroline. But Caroline, unfortunately, like doesn't want anyone to go to bat for her with Stefan because she's so embarrassed. Yeah. So she says, shut up, Enzo. And did he really need three chains? I mean, who is this guy, the Hulk? And Stefan says, I didn't restrain him. And Caroline says, no, but you let your psychic Enzo do it because what could go wrong when you team up with your sworn enemy? And Enzo makes a realization. Mm -hmm. And he says, oh, that's brilliant. Of course, that's why she hates you. That's how you worked her into such a state in Savannah. That's why she told you to take a leap. She hates you because she doesn't hate you at all. At the end of the day, Enzo is aromantic. Yeah, he believes in love beyond belief. He's not a fan of Stefan yet. But he's supporting Caroline to fall in love. So he'll ship if he has to. Yeah, he really likes Caroline as like a vibe. And he's like, okay, so if she cares about him that much, like there must be something there. Because he's not like doubting Caroline's interests. But that's also why he hates Stefan because he's like, why wouldn't you be interested in Caroline? Yeah, he's like, are you kidding me? He's like, why are you treating her like this? Trash. Stefan says, sorry, are you still talking? And Enzo says, she's got a thing for you, mate. Which... Caroline glares at because she does not want him to say that. Yeah, Caroline's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Stefan turns to Enzo and Enzo says, tell your mom I said my best. And he goes. And Stefan and Caroline like look at each other and no one says anything for a while. And then Caroline says, whatever he just said, it will never be discussed again. Okay. He nods and says, mm-hmm. but it will be discussed again. Yeah, because Stefan right now is like so taken aback. And it's like, Stefan, I know that this is generally surprising to you. But if you had not even a thought about it, like... Well, and not to get on my Stefan soapbox, but Stefan has some pretty low self-esteem. So I think him not noticing that Caroline was into him romantically is less that he didn't pay attention to her and more that he did not feel deserving of her. 
that's fair enough. Not to get too into this before we get to the end scene, but I think that's why Stefan and Lexi were best friends mm-hmm. because he respected her so much. Like, obviously, they're two hot people. The thought probably crossed both of their minds at some point. But I think Stefan is so afraid of hurting someone who he feels vulnerable with because he feels like he'll become a ripper. He'll have bloodlust. He'll ruin their life. He felt like he was saving Elena. He wasn't worried about Catherine's state of mind. He never had to face those insecurities in those relationships. But Mm -hmm. he's like, Caroline's good at controlling. She's a great friend. Why would she be interested? I'm not an equal for her, which is his own insecurity. That's how I read it. But I'm a sterile shipper, so I do think I'm a little bit delusional and I will be bending logic. I do think that's a very fair read. I'm just pissed at him because of the way he's been like shitting on Caroline's friendship. And I think part of it is that he doesn't feel deserving of friendship. But at the same time, like after all that Caroline's given him and all that support and like he's given her support too. don't get me wrong. But I just think the way he kind of tossed her aside without any regard for her feelings is like and I know that it was because he had to prioritize his feelings and his struggles. I don't think that's why it is, though. I think he was essentially white fanging her. Do I think that was the right response? No, but I think that he knew that if he wanted to shut down his emotions, which obviously he did, he wanted to compartmentalize his emotions, he couldn't be with Caroline because he's too open with her. He doesn't. He didn't want to be open then. I think it's that and that she can see through him. Yeah. And he didn't want to be seen through. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because Elena's self-centered. She ain't seen through shit. Yeah. And I, I do think he was closing off this possibility because he's been like so hung up on Elena and so like not really thinking about anyone else in that way. But it's just like this being such a shock to him was like a little it made me mad about the way I feel like he's been treating their friendship that it's like it feels like a another pile on the like ignoring Caroline's care for him, which I think he's pushing away for other reasons. I just think he feels like, why would she like me? Who could ever leave me, darling? But who could stay? Yeah, I just don't think he ever would think that Caroline would be interested in him. But we'll talk more about that at the end. Everyone knows I'm a Caroline shipper at this point. You made that abundantly clear before it even started. Yeah, I made it abundantly clear when they touched hands one time. <laughs> we go back over to the hospital fundraiser. Elena is dancing with Damon. And she says, why are you doing this? And he says, because I'm an incredible dancer. And it would be a shame not to share my talent with the world. And she like kind of tries not to smile and he says don't worry i didn't see you smile and he spins her because say what you will she can think all these bad things about him but his charm got her out of it before and it will again yeah and she's clearly being charmed he says miss mystic falls the first time we ever danced stefan stood you up bloodlust issues surprise surprise so i stepped in elena says you're trying to stir up memories like this isn't a good idea for who it's a great idea for him and it's definitely at least a good idea for you as well I mean, he just continues. He says, I stepped in, sexy as hell, and saved you from complete and utter humiliation. Of course, you were just worried about Stefan, but there was this moment, this one moment where everyone else fell away, and it was just the two of us. And they're looking at each other for a second, and it's getting like a little sexy. And Elena says, look, I'm here with someone, Damon, and you can't just come unannounced and ruin my night. And he says, come unannounced? What are you talking about? I literally went through time and space to be with you. And she says, yeah, and I know that, but look, do you want me to feel guilty? Because trust me, I do. I feel horrible. I'm sorry, but I don't know what to tell you. What do you want me to say? I don't remember us. She's like, yeah, and don't get me wrong. I do appreciate you moving through dimensions to get to me. 
but I don't remember you is the thing. <laughs> so we seem to be at an impasse. <laughs> he says, well, I do remember us. And no matter how much I missed you or how much pain I was in, I never would have erased everything we ever had. Even if I was drowning in grief, I'd rather hang on to every moment I ever held you or every laugh I ever heard, every shred of happiness we ever had. I would rather spend every moment in agony than erase the memory of you. Excellent Damon speech. Mm -hmm. Classic. And it works on her because she says, I need some air. And she goes, Joe and Alaric are watching from a distance and they see Elena leave. And Joe says, so that seems to be going well. And Rick says, yeah, that's my fault. I shouldn't have compelled her. <laughs> you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could have told you that, buddy. Joe says, you shouldn't mix painkillers and booze. Whatever you did for Elena, that's her choice. Remember that. No pun intended. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm not on painkillers. <laughs> I wanted alcohol. He said, don't worry. I picked the booze. <laughs> he says, in fact, I feel awful. But I am enjoying every miserable human moment of pain. And she holds up a glass and she says to being powerless and mundane and he says cheers they drink and he says so i guess we're both formerly supernatural beings should we start a support group and she says well technically i relinquished my magic and put it away for safekeeping and he says i didn't know you could do that and she says let's just say i chose to remove myself from a tragically dysfunctional family and i haven't regretted a moment of it you want to say anything about these revelations uh, I just made the connection, like just, just putting the magic away for safekeeping seems to come up later. It does, doesn't it? And I'll get into the rest of my reaction to this when we get into the dysfunctional family dynamics. I'll say one thing. I'm feeling right about my guest last week that this is Kai's sister. I guess we'll see. We'll talk more about that later. And I'll give more reasons for it later. There's another pretty major clue. Yeah, I think I know what clue you're pointing at later. I think I can point it out. <laughs> I swear. Liv goes up to Luke. At the bar, he's getting a drink. And she says, hey, who let you in? And he says, oh, a radiologist I met at the gym. This is so funny because this show said, no, we're not going to have any gay characters. And yes, they introduced a gay character. And every once in a while, they're like, remember, he's gay. But you never see him with another man. <laughs> you never get an actual gay scene. You just get like, remember, I'm gay. I have a date here, but you can't see him. And it's like he could have just gotten into this bar because Liv is there. Yeah, we didn't need an answer for why he's here. We wouldn't have asked. Yeah. But they want to remind us that, remember, we have a gay character. We did representation, but don't ask to see his boyfriend. He says, so what's the story with Tyler? And she says, it's a short story called Mind Your Own Business. Shit, twin brother, give me info. <laughs> he says, Liv, I'm not saying don't have fun, okay? Because that's why we're here. But when the coven calls us home, they don't care if we're in love or not. She says, you sound like dad, and that's not a compliment. Have fun with your gym fling. Leave me to mine. So I have to ask, they make it sound like their college experience is to have fun before the coven calls them home. What does the coven call them home for? What what, what do you read into this? It sounds very similar to a rumspringer mm -hmm. in the Amish community when they get to live like outside of the community and then decide to come back to the church or not. Although this doesn't seem so much like a choice about whether they come back. It's like when you come back. Sure. But that also is interesting because last season when they came to like take care of the doppelgangers, which they didn't do, by the way, that seemed like they were sent for actual work. And I guess maybe the reward for that is this fun time. But also, why would you get a reward if you didn't complete what you were supposed to complete? Although I guess the travelers are gone. So maybe they that counts. But so I think the coven calling them home is like 
you know, it wants them to stay as a unit for whatever reason. And I think this like bit of freedom is enough to say like, look, now you know what you're missing and hopefully you stop missing it pretty quick. Do you think they have a specific known time they have to go home and any like special event? Or do you think it's just like, you can have a couple years, but come back to the coven. Do you think it's more vague or do you think there's something more specific? I think there's something more specific, but I don't think it's like, necessarily a certain age like maybe more like a mormon mission where it's like a year and a half two years whatever and you can take it when you want to but most people like pick college okay so once they get home they're just like in the coven they don't get to leave but so they're just living with the coven the rest of their lives yeah living with the coven and following the coven's orders it seems like this coven is very regimented sure so i assume that you you kind of are given your marching orders once you return We go back to the prison world, Mystic Falls Hospital. Bonnie is working on the Ascendant, and she gets it, like, pretty close to finished. But there's one piece missing. Of course. And she says, where's the last piece? This isn't happening. And then the lights go out. She walks to the hall, and she, like, looks a little bit. And then Kai appears, and he has, like, a little piece that looks a little bit like a washer. And he says, looking for this? I know he woke up from that letter opener stab and was like, oh, thank the Lord. (laughs) He says, you stole the Ascendant, naughty girl. You weren't planning on using it and leaving me behind, were you? Now, he knows she was. He says, you left a trail of blood in the driveway. Figured, where else would you stop and play nurse? Uh, She says, Vados. And what that does is break a bunch of windows and hit him with those. Mm -hmm. Effective. And she runs. There's a couple locked doors, but she does get out to the car. She gets in the car, but it does not start. Kai grabs her neck from the backseat and she says, get off me. And he says, you know, I thought about taking the keys, but that'd be like taking the cheese out of a mousetrap. Right, Bonnie? Although fun fact, mice don't actually like cheese. Isn't that great? I wonder if that's true. I don't know. I will say when I trapped rats for a job, we used uh, peanut butter mixed with bacon bits. So we didn't use cheese. But those are rats, not mice. Well, we we caught mice as well. We just weren't trying for mice. Although it is commonly believed that mice are attracted to cheese, they tend to prefer foods that are higher in carbohydrates. Chocolate may be more effective. (laughs) However, house mice are indiscriminate and will consume any food source available to them. (laughs) So they'll eat cheese, but they like chocolate more. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I'm just like a mouse. (laughs) Kai says, so we have an hour till the eclipse. Time to go home, Bonnie. And it's like, well, you tried. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the L, you did your very best. And at this point in the episode, I was like, well, they'll be out by the end. We go back to the hospital fundraiser. Damon takes a shot and he orders another shot. But then Elena takes that shot. And she says, I want to remember. Girl, pick one because you have gone back and forth so much. She's up and down. And it's like, clearly you want to. Let's just get get it going. Damon says, well, you're a day late and a dollar short, huh? And she says, I mean, I want to try. Knowing there's this whole piece of my life missing. It's driving me crazy, okay? So I have to at least try to get it back. And Damon says, okay, how are you supposed to do that? And she says, I know there's nothing we can do about the compulsion, but maybe if we unwind the memories backwards, something might trigger something and maybe they'll all come back, right? And that was your guess. Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt to try. Yeah. He says, okay, sure. Tell me what you want me to do. And she says, take me to the last place I told you I loved you. Meanwhile, Liam is walking around with a Chardonnay, trying to find his date. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, it's so embarrassing. I'm holding Chardonnay right now. (laughs) We go back to the prison world in the caves. 
Bonnie is with Kai. He has his backpack of 90s memorabilia. And he says, I brought you a present. And he takes out her teddy bear. And he says, ta-da, Miss Cuddles, thought you might want to bring her along. And Bonnie says, thanks. And he realizes he's kind of turned her too far against him. So he does try to be like a sweetie pie. Yeah, he turns on a little bit of an act because he's like, okay, I've pushed it a little far. I went a little crazy. So you think this is an act? Yeah. You don't think he really wants to become a better person? I think he was giving so evil in the car that this has to be an act. Like, I think I would have fallen for this another time. If he hadn't been so evil in the car. Yeah, it is. We moved on from that car scene pretty quickly, but he is like whispering to her. It's cre- It's a little bit like... It's kind of hard to watch. Yes, it's. he's very... He has this really fascinating skill of being very cute, but so creepy. Yeah, and he can really move between them well. He's very talented. Yes. But so this very much felt like an act in this moment, especially because, you know, we get to it a little bit, but there is a little bit of like Liv's move of like, I just want to learn from you, which is something that seems like he would not actually think. Like some parts of it are a little more believable, but I'm not, I'm not buying this. That's fair. Kai says, look, I know you think I'm a monster. I mean, I did murder or heavily maim most of my immediate family, but after a long period of self-reflection, I've come to the conclusion I could have handled my anger better. This is like almost believable because it's not really an apology for it. Yeah. But then he goes a little too far. Yeah. Me personally, though, I think I could fix him. (laughs) Bonnie says, you said you wanted to get out of here and I quote, to give the rest of the Gemini coven an excruciating death. He's like, damn, so you remember that? He said, oh, man. And that's the problem. He did go kind of heavy on that before, and he tries to walk it back, but he says, I didn't mean it. To be honest, you know, I would do anything to get my family back. That's where he lost me. Yeah. He's also, you know, he's been observing Bonnie and Damon. He's like, man, y'all are really, like, you really care about people. I've got to use that. Yeah, he's like, I bet I can pull off a little bit of that. And honestly, I do think... Kai could have gotten away with it if he got this all to go a little faster because unfortunately he was kind of like stalling a little bit to make sure Bonnie had her magic. And I think he was kind of being goofy. Yeah. He needed to get them out of there before they found out he killed his family. I'm so sorry. I think he played around with them a little too much because he just couldn't resist because he hadn't seen anyone in 15 years. Yeah. Like I think he was so excited to have people to manipulate that he just went a little far with it, which I cannot blame him for. And I think he also probably underestimated Bonnie a little bit. Yes. Because let's be honest, Damon is not our smartest man. All love to him. Yeah. But Bonnie is very good at seeing through people. And she is very good at like specifically understanding like which etiquette. Yes. Him being in this place, I think, gives her enough knowledge about how other witches probably see him. So I think she is harder to trick in many ways because of that. And she's also much quicker on her feet in ways around this. I think he is hoping that she doesn't know enough about the Ascendant or enough about the magic that like she doesn't see a way out of this either way. Also, unfortunately for him, I think he was like, they're going to be desperate to get home. They're not going to like worry about me because they're just going to be so concerned about getting home. Yeah, I think he didn't expect their sense of morality. Yes. And honestly... Damon didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Damon was like, who cares? Let's take another with me. Yeah. (laughs) 
Kai says, and you know, the thing I'm most scared of is trying to figure out how to live in the world again. You know, I'm sort of hoping you've been a positive influence on me. You're a good person, Bonnie. You're brave, loyal, patient. I want to be more like you. I'm sorry. There's no way he would fucking say that truthfully. (laughs) I need you to be serious, buddy. (laughs) And then he picks up Miss Cuddles and he makes her say, what do you say, friends? And he like blows a little kiss. In this case, he went too far with the manipulation too. Like, I think if he hadn't said that last part about Bonnie, he had a better chance of getting away with it. Mm -hmm. That part, it's like, okay, now you're just patronizing me. Yeah. Do you think I'm this stupid? (laughs) But Bonnie says, let's just go home. And he's like, hell yeah, I did it. He drops the backpack in the circle of light between them and he gives her the Ascendant. We go over to the border of Mystic Falls. Caroline and Stefan are waiting there and a car shows up. Stefan says they're here. Stefan grabs Trip out of their car. Matt comes out of the other car with another guy who has Liz at gunpoint. Caroline says, mom, and walks toward the border. But Matt says, hey, Caroline, stop the border. She almost crosses, but she doesn't. And then Caroline notices the wound on her head and says, you're bleeding? What did you do to her? Liz says, I'm fine. Matt says, okay, let her go. You can have him. And the guy says, trip first. Which, that's fair. Vampires can move faster. It's fair for them to ask for trip first. Well, and everyone's going to ask for their thing first in negotiation. Yeah. Caroline says, let her go or I'll kill you. And Liz says, sweetheart, it's okay. Stefan, let trip go. Stefan lets trip go. And Caroline says, okay, he's across. Now let her go. And they let Liz go. Liz comes over to Caroline. She goes over the border. And Trip is like walking over the border kind of slowly. And Matt looks at Trip and he's got a weird look on his face. Mm-hmm. Matt says, are you okay? And Trip says, what's happening to me? And all of a sudden, his throat opens and he dies in Matt's arms. This is so unbelievably king behavior. This is so iconic. This is such a smart move. Because that is kind of all they have on their side in negotiating with these people. And also, I do think, you know, whatever. Stefan can be mad at this, maybe. Caroline can be mad at this. I understand if they're, like, frustrated that Enzo did this without them. It is a dangerous precedent to set that you'll be negotiating with these people. You're not. Well, and what Enzo did that I think is amazing is he did this and said, I'm not going to be at the trade-off. Yeah. Anything that happens, like how this goes, that's not up to me. I did the job that I had to do. And you know what? I think there is something so poetic about a vampire hunter becoming a vampire and dying as a result of it. Yeah. Because it's like, you think you're so much better than us. But you're not. Caroline and Stefan are shocked. The other henchmen run away because they're like, oh, those vampires will kill us. We better go. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're not messing with this. Sorry, Trip. But Matt is like shook. He's crying because he is conflicted about which side of things he's on. He's been conflicted. Some might say stupidly. Yeah. So this is kind of a hard pill for him to swallow. And he says, what the hell did you do? And Stefan says, it wasn't me. Enzo must have turned him into a vampire before we got there. Matt is sad. And honestly, you can see that like, Stefan and Caroline, there's no love lost here. They probably wouldn't have made this choice on their own. But they're not mad it happened. But they're like, okay, well, still loving you. <laughs> you can see they're kind of like, oh, okay, that, that was pretty smart. We go back to the prison world. The eclipse is starting. And Kai says, okay, it's now or never. He's very excited. He really thinks this is going to go well for him. Bonnie draws some of her blood and puts it on the Ascendant, and she starts the spell. Kai grabs her wrist, and he says, just in case you thought you'd try to go without me, which is fair. Mm -hmm. She touches the bear with her foot and restarts the spell. Yeah, because we see a couple drops of blood go on the bear, and then we see her foot touch it. So it's at first it's like, why are we seeing this shot? And then it's like, oh, 
the ascendant starts moving as we've known it to do. Kai looks at the eclipse and he says, so long, 1994. And Bonnie finishes the spell. But they're not going anywhere. And the eclipse is starting to end. And Kai says, what the hell is happening? And Bonnie says, oh, oh my God, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and he says, keep going, hurry. And she says, I can't, I've, I've lost my magic. And he says, what are you talking about? You were just doing the spell. He's like, I'm not going to fall for that. And he tries to siphon her, but there's nothing there. There's no magic. Mm -hmm. And she says, it's so strange. I I wonder if I accidentally put it somewhere. Oh, I remember now. I put it somewhere safe. (laughs) She gags him. She's like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. But not for me. Yeah. She is like, Giggling, giggling. It's this level of slayage immediately after Enzo's level of slayage. I'm sorry, they're meant to be. That's soulmate behavior. Yeah. Because no one else is slaying that way. It's so true. If only they would ever meet and fall in love. I know. (laughs) Kai says, where did you put your magic? And Bonnie says, do you remember saying you wanted to be more like me? Brave, loyal, patient. This move is also great because... If he was telling the truth earlier, he would be calm hearing this news. But she just wants to anger him just to be like, I know you're fucking lying. Because at this point, Bonnie has given up much hope of like coming back. I think she's kind of like, it would be nice to come back. But like, I've died so many times. My time's up. Like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So she's like, if it inconveniences you, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Kai comes to a realization. He says, you put it in the bear, didn't you? So he goes to collect the bear from the backpack. He dumps out the backpack, though, and the bear's not there. So something ascended. (laughs) So he throws the backpack and he says, come on. He gets really close to her again in this creepy kind of sexy way in a way that it's like, this better not awaken anything in me. It is very like, it's very creepy, but also like, hmm. (laughs) It's like, I know I shouldn't, but I kind of want them to kiss. Yeah, in a way (laughs) that's like, with Klaus, it was like, you know, definitely creepy, but more sexy and more obviously sexy. This one, it's like, I don't think I'm supposed to think this is sexy, but I do. Yeah, it's like, there's something deeply wrong with you. And yet... Something's (laughs) fucked up up there. Yeah. But I'm kind of wanting him to kiss. Klaus was just a guy with daddy issues. Kai seems to be something entirely different. There's something more sinister there. (laughs) Daddy issues are the least of our worries with him. He has little sister issues, which is like, what the fuck's that about? (laughs) He gets really close and he says, where's the stupid bear? Hmm? And she says, oh, it's gone. I guess we're stuck here forever. Sorry. She said, the bear's gone. You're never going to see that bear again, you idiot. (laughs) So I have to ask, given this new development, will these two get out? And if so, how? Without Bonnie's magic. See, we know the magic is still out of the system. And, you know, I'll get a little bit ahead of myself. I don't know how Damon is going to explain to people that this teddy bear means Bonnie's alive and she has magic somewhere. Like, how is he going to share that information? I don't know. But I do think it's this other path of like, maybe Joe gives us some information, you know, having magic on this side that they can maybe use. We have to assume Joe or other members of the Gemini Coven know how to get into that prison world. Like, I'm sure they have a way to get someone out. They just don't want to. Why would they set a way to get someone out if they don't want anyone to get out? It feels like why create an exit? I'm betting that there's like, if you have an entrance, you have to have an exit. Like they've locked the exit and the ascendant is the key. Mm -hmm. Along with like a safe deposit box key they need to bend it, which. 
And so there wasn't really a way for him to get out on his own. But if enough keys fall through, that he can. So I don't think they like put an exit in, but they kind of like had to. So you think someone's going to go in and retrieve them? Potentially. Do you think they'll retrieve both of them? I think they may have to. Okay. Like, I don't know that they can bring one. And it's also a question of like, how do you get someone to go in and retrieve like one person? Because I'm sure most of them would be like, sir, she got stuck in there. So I think there'd have to be some other use of Bennett magic specifically that would be important. But there's also the question of how could you even communicate with that world at all? Doesn't seem that you can. We haven't seen any way to do it. Except sending something back, which she can't do with no magic. Yeah. Last thing I want to talk about with this scene specifically, we've gotten more of Kai this week. And in the past, you've said that you think, at at one point you said Kai was Bonnie's guardian angel. I do want to remind you of that. At another point, you said, you know, Kai probably had a reason to kill his siblings. And you have long said that the Gemini Coven is the villain and Kai is more of the hero. Is that opinion the same right now? Uh, You know, he he was looking pretty evil this week. He was looking pretty evil this week, especially because in addition to all these developments in the prison world, we have this information about Joe that I think pretty much confirms she's one of his siblings. And I kind of thought if like he spared a sibling and he was the good guy, that sibling would have like not necessarily good things to say, but like less bad things to say. Sure. So it's looking it's looking like I was uh, kind of played for a fool pretty severely. Blinded by the cuteness. Which, don't get me wrong, it is concerning that, that I was just ignoring that. Um, it really says a lot about my picker, I fear. <laughs> but I am, I am worried I was incorrect there. Well, we don't know for sure yet. I'm just looking at clues. We'll see if we learn more that makes the pendulum sway one way or the other. But I'm not going to confirm or deny any of those yet. I do still think the Gemini Coven is a villain in a way. I just don't think that that necessarily is making Kai a hero. Okay. Let's say that. Okay. We go over to the border of Mystic Falls. Damon and Elena are sitting on the hood of Damon's car because this is the last place uh, she told him that she loved him. Mm-hmm. And Damon's looking at the stars and Elena is looking confused. She says, I don't remember being here with you that night. Girl, you don't have to say that every time. It's the whole thing. We know. <laughs> we heard. How about you just say something when you do remember something? It's going to be easier. (laughs) He says, okay, what do you remember? Like, how are you rewired? And she says, okay, well, I remember we had to stop the travelers and you had a plan, but you didn't tell anyone what you were doing. The next thing I know, you're dead. I heard you drove your car into the grill and then blew yourself up so you can trigger some explosion. And this is just so interesting because... How do you hear that memory and think, yeah, he was a sociopathic monster who didn't care about anyone. Seems like he sacrificed himself for all of you. That is true. Damon says, there's just one little part of that story you're missing. You got in the car with me. And she says, what? That sounds like it would have dramatically slowed down the plan to a point that makes it ridiculous. Yeah, she's like, that sounds like a stupid choice. Tell me about it, girl. (laughs) He says, I was all ready to go. And the door opens and you jump in the car and say, we're in this together. And you weren't taking no for an answer. That was the moment I realized you were the perfect girl for me because you were just as crazy as I was. You realized it long before then. She says, okay, uh, tell me something happy. She's like, I don't like that one. (laughs) Uh, He says, okay, happy. Well, there is a motel ice machine in Denver that's got some stories. Be more specific. You're trying to bring her memories back. Saying ice machine is not really enough. 
Yeah. She says, okay, what else? And he says, well, can't forget the night of your graduation. And she says, well, I did. So she said, well, can you explain it to me? He says, shame, probably one of your best speeches. You in your very passionate and adorable way told me you were in love with me and hell if you were going to apologize for it. That's at the end of season four. How can we forget? Yes. And then he says, my favorite memory of us, one I've relived a million times over the last four months, is this summer night that we had before you went off to college. So we know this is the summer that Stefan was in the safe. So this is not a memory we know. We'll see it in a minute. He says, you wanted to show me this meteor shower. So we drove out in the middle of nowhere. And the moment those shooting stars started to fall, rain, lots of rain, you were so sure it would clear and it was just easier to believe you. And I took your hand. And she is, like, affected by this, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then she turns away and says, this isn't working, sorry. And he says, well, maybe you just need to try a little harder. And she says, I am trying, okay? Like, I get that we had an amazing life together. I know I loved the fact that you were reckless and probably made me feel very free. But now when I look into your eyes, I just... He says, what? What do you feel like? Like, as if she's going to say something positive. And she says, I feel like... Like I'm looking at a stranger because I'm never going to be able to give you what you want. And I just can't remember. And he takes this actually very well. He says, hey, there are things you can't erase. And you know that. She turns away and then starts walking to the border. And he says, hey, where are you going? With quite a pep in her step, may I add. Yeah, she's going. She knows he's going to try to stop her. Yeah. She crosses the border and we start to see memories flash. Many we recognize, but then the rain one we haven't yet seen. Mm -hmm. but the rain transitions us into the water coming out of her mouth because she's drowning. Yeah. Damon pulls her over the border and says, hey, what are you doing? 90 more seconds, you'd be dead. That's plenty of time to get some memories back. Yeah. Let her hang out a second. Do a whole minute. You know, you don't have to wait all 90 seconds. Yeah. Give her some time. This is kind of a good idea to get these memories back. Let's be serious. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't suggest it to her, but if she came up with it on her own, feel free. Yeah. She says, I'm trying to undo the compulsion. It's the only way. And he says, hey, listen, I would give everything for you to remember, but I'm not going to risk your life. It's the last thing I would ever do, even if you don't remember that. So let's just get you home. Because he still cares too much about her to let her hurt herself. His heart's too big. He cares too much. We go over to the hospital. Stefan and Caroline are with Liz because she has a bump on her head. And Liz says, this is totally unnecessary. And Caroline says, you hit your head. You could have a concussion. And I know better than to trust that you're going to take yourself for a checkup back home. You know, it would be a super easy way to make sure she doesn't have a concussion. Give her some vampire blood. (laughs) Win-win. Caroline turns to Stefan and says, you can go now. We're fine. And Liz says, hey, sweetheart, can you just go check how long the wait is going to be? And Caroline says, gladly. She goes. And Liz says to Stefan, so I see she's still icing you out. And he says, yeah, any way you want to help me fix that? She says, sorry, Stefan, I'm your mother. I'm not allowed. Why would I help you with that? You've been kind of a dick. <laughs> she said, well, you're, you're the one in the wrong, so let's start there. Yeah. Stefan says, right. Caroline comes back with the doctor. So you know, she didn't ask for the weight. She said, come on, my mom now. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. As a true good daughter should. Yeah. She said, my mom doesn't wait. <laughs> Caroline says, we'll be right outside, okay? And they go outside and they watch. And then Caroline says, please don't ask my mother for her opinions. And Stefan says, oh, you heard that. She says, yeah, I've got super hearing. I hear everything. Yeah, of course she eavesdropped on that. He says, only when you listen. She said, yeah, and I'm always listening. I'm nosy. And I love to hear things. And I'm not going to let you ask my mom about me. Yeah. He sighs. And then he turns to her and he says, why? And she says, why was I listening? And he says, why do you have a thing for me? 
And she says, I don't. She lies. <laughs> and he says, okay, um, why did you have a thing for me? I would crawl up of embarrassment. Yeah, no. I'd snap his neck and leave. Yeah. Sorry. She says, we said we'd never talk about this again. So he, he said, no, you said that. He said, you said that and I just agreed because you scam me a little bit right now. He says, look, Caroline, please just talk to me to tell me how. Tell me why. Please just make me understand how it is that I missed it. Again, I truly think like he's like, how would someone like you like me? That's fair. It's my sterile shipper delusion. <laughs> Gets me through a lot on this fucking show. <laughs> she says, what kind of a stupid question is that? See, I have to agree with her here. <laughs> yeah, I do agree with her on this, though. <laughs> because come on. She says, why did I have a thing for you? I don't know, Stefan. Maybe it's because I thought you were worth having a thing for. Because when I woke up as a vampire, you told me I would get through it. And I did. Because when I watched Elena move on with your brother, I couldn't imagine why she would let anyone like you go. Because you were practically my best friend. Because I trusted you. And he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for not seeing it. I'm sorry for not. And she says, feeling it back. She gets right to it. Which I do think, I mean, this is Stefan's problem, is that I think at this point he doesn't feel it back because he just hasn't, he hasn't allowed himself to feel anything because he's been heartbroken so many times and he's, you know, he's got a lot of issues, let's say. Yeah, and I think he's still been, unfortunately, like hung up on Elena in a lot of ways. And I think he knows it's not like positive and he knows he's not in love with her anymore, but like he feels weird moving on still. And not to be whatever, but- we do accept the love we think we deserve. It's true. And I think it's easier for him to accept that Catherine loves him and that Elena loved him because he, there was always a power imbalance between him and Catherine and him and Elena because Catherine was sort of preying on him and that was its own thing. But also like at first he was like helping Elena who was like a wounded deer. And then he's like a wounded deer and Elena is like helping him. They were never like equals. He doesn't know how to be in love with someone who's like an equal to him when he doesn't know how to like see vulnerability as like a positive yeah because he's always been like when he's been vulnerable it's been when he's like been pushed down into the gutter yeah and had to be vulnerable like it wasn't really a choice and he hates being there well and caroline beat him to a lot of the stuff because like she knew things about him before he would have let anyone else know things about him mm -hmm. because she knew things because elena and damon knew things yeah like so there's just knowledge that she has already that he would have kept hidden way longer if he could have you know he doesn't even realize how much of himself that she has accepted yeah he thinks he's like protecting people by not you know telling them that he has issues with blood it's like boy when i think he sees that elena can accept things about people he saw that with him he saw that with damon and i think he probably was like well that was my chance for someone who's who would accept me like that was it and she cares about Damon more, and that's okay. I just think he thought his chances were done a little bit. And I do think with the death of Lexi, he was, like, craving a best friend. Yeah. And so I think when he first became friends with Caroline, A, it was when she turned into a vampire, and he was, like, helping her through the transition. It was mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, I get to be a Lexi to someone. And then she's, like, a Lexi to him, and he's like, thank God I have her. What a great friend. And I just, he didn't ever think about it because he's like, the besties he says i didn't say that like i don't know what i felt my head was all over the place but i am incredibly sorry for the way i treated you 
finally an apology, though. We got to say that. Took him long enough. Jeez. Cowine says, yeah, well, I know what you felt, Stefan. Because even if just a little tiny piece of you felt for me what I was starting to feel for you, you wouldn't have walked away. Which this is fair, that she's like, I know you didn't feel it back. If you felt it back, it would have been obvious. And that's why it hurt her so much when he left. Not just because he left, but because she's like, oh, so he doesn't care about me after all this like she was barely starting to admit to herself how much she cared about him and then he like just left and she's like well i don't know why i even let myself believe this and again we know she's type a we know she's a control freak so she's like well if he doesn't like me i'm going to control my emotions and no longer like him yeah problem solved if he doesn't like me i won't like him anymore so there she says, and I don't hate you for that. I don't hate you for mourning your brother. I don't hate you for being the biggest jerk on the planet while doing so. And I accept your apology. And he says, but you do still hate me. And she says, yes, yeah, I hate you. Because if I don't hate you for ruining our friendship, then I have to hate myself for ruining it. And I think I deserve better than that. And she goes. And this is true because she's worried that she ruined the friendship by having feelings for him. Mm-hmm. She didn't. She can't blame herself for that. But she's scared that she's like been so crazy, been so type A control freak that she pushed another person away. It's like the same thing with Tyler that she just, she kept wanting to help make his life better. And he just, he wanted to go after Klaus. And so she's like, I just pushed another person away because I'm crazy. And now it's like, well, I might as well try to keep the friendship around because I'm just never going to have that happen. Yeah. We go back to the Whitmore dorm. Damon walks Elena to her room. And Elena says, I remembered something out there. Just bits and pieces. But there were these stars and then it started to rain. And Damon starts having a completely different conversation. He says, <laughs> when you became a vampire, part of me was thrilled because suddenly there was this possibility I could have you in my life forever. But then the other part of me was devastated because I realized you'd lost the life you wanted to have. And she says, okay, well, can you get back to my question? It started to rain. And then what happened, Damon? And he says, no, I'm still doing my thing. He says, since I've been gone, you've gotten part of that life back. You're thriving. You're happy. Yeah, sure, maybe you'd be happy if we gave it another chance. But the truth is, you're better off without me. Not another white thing. It's like, I thought we were done with these. Can't you just date? It's really not that serious. Yeah. I wish you two would just shut up sometimes. Yeah. Elena says, what are you talking about? And Damon says, I died. You started over. I need you to live your life. Be happy. I love you, Elena. Enough to let you go. And she says, okay, but I'm still wondering, like, it started to rain and then what? She's like, but I'm starting to remember this memory. So can you fill me in on the end of it? So maybe something happens? Yeah. He says, it got cold and muddy. You were miserable. We got in the car into a poem. And he leaves. Uh, this could not more obviously be a lie. Yeah. Because <laughs> why would he have given you that story at all? Why would he say this was his favorite memory of you that he's been revisiting for four months? If you were pissed. If you were pissed and muddy. <laughs> but as he's leaving, you can kind of tell she's like, oh, he's selfless. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of tell she's into it. And you know what? That was her thing with Damon is that he may have been a sociopath at times, but he cared so much about her and was selfless. And so cogs are moving. Cogs are moving. Then we go over to Joe's apartment. Joe lets Alaric in. And he says, okay, I might have to rethink the painkiller thing. Boy, you've already been drinking all night. Yeah, you made your choice for the night. Sleep it off. 
She says, I need to get out of this dress and order a pizza because she's cool. Yeah, because she's a cool girl. Rick says, okay. And he sits down. He's like, pizza. <laughs> she goes to her room and she takes her dress off. Uh, he can see her. And at first we're just seeing her in her bra. It's like, oh, she's being pretty. And then she's a pretty large scar on her stomach. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, here we go. Can't help but notice it. Rick also notices it. He says, ouch. She says, oh, this? Yeah, I had an accident when I was younger. I lost my spleen. Now, what? Now, when have we heard a spleen before, Stephanie? We have heard that Kai cut the spleen out of his sister that he let survive. And so that's, you know, one clue. And then Rick says, oh, car accident? And Joe says, no, actually, it was less an accident and more like my brother tried to gut me with a hunting knife. Like I said, tragically dysfunctional family. To me, that's pretty clearly confirmation that it's Kai, but we don't get it officially confirmed. Yeah, I can't officially confirm it, but I do see where you're making those connections. Yeah. I will say, I watched this episode and I was like, I wonder if there's some other direction I can point you, but I'm not totally sure there is. There's really not. I'm like, did you have to say hunting knife? Did you have to (laughs) say hunting knife and spleen? Like, did we have to do both? Could you have picked one? Couldn't we have just seen the scar and not commented on it? (laughs) Because- Honestly, the scar would have been enough. Well, I would have, I would have tried to make you think it was a C-section scar. Said, who's her baby? Unfortunately, I know what a C-section scar looks like, so that wouldn't have worked. I'd be like, well, it's a TV show. It doesn't have to be medically accurate. That would be so medically inaccurate that wouldn't have worked. I know. I don't think I would have gotten you away from your guess. Since I already was on this track last episode, and it's at this point, I'm pretty positive. I was pretty positive last episode, though, to be fair. <laughs> She says, I just killed the mood, didn't I? And Rick says, no, like, let's just say we both have complicated, tragic, and dysfunctional histories. Guess we're a match. They smile and they kiss. So let's talk bigger picture. So you're assuming that this means that Joe is Kai's sister. Yes. Who he let survive. And I think we talked about this last week. How do you think she relates to the Gemini coven, you know, the way Kai does, because she talks about them like they're dysfunctional. She ran away. She relinquished her magic. And you also said earlier in this episode, like you're more willing to think that Kai's a villain. So again, how does the Gemini coven play into this? Who's good? Who's evil? Does this make you trust Joe less? Is she evil? What's the ideas here? What's running around in that little brain? I trust Joe more actually as a result of this. And I think there are a couple options. Yeah. I think Kai could have just gone for all of them and maybe spared her. Maybe she had already put her magic away for safekeeping and that's why he spared her because there wasn't any magic to take. Here's a question. Do you think he spared her on purpose or on accident? I think on purpose. Okay. The other possibility, which kind of contradicts what I just said, but not necessarily, okay, is that this is kind of like an Anastasia situation. And I'll say what I mean by that. Yeah, please do. So as you know, in the the seminal film, Anastasia, about the lost princess Anastasia, they think she's dead when the whole town comes after the Tsar of Russia, but she actually escapes and lives in an orphanage and lives on. I think it could be a situation where either Kai accidentally let her go when she got away or that Kai purposely saved her and kind of Anastasia'd it and was like, they're all dead. I got rid of her body for some reason. Yeah. So she could get away from the Gemini Coven mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Because it, it seems the way Liv and Luke talk about it is that it's not really an option to leave. Mm-hmm. And you're operating under the assumption that Liv and Luke are also involved with the Gemini Coven, something we've not yet confirmed. 
yeah, we've not confirmed that. But I, in my mind, these are all Gemini Coven members. So I think she was using this as a way to get out of the Gemini Coven, which I think can go hand in hand with putting her magic away for safekeeping. And I will say this, we see this spell of Bonnie putting her magic in the bear. Joe put her magic away for safekeeping. I don't know if this is really necessary or relevant, but we know that Bonnie got the spell for the Ascendant and getting out in a grimoire. And so I, we have to assume that she got this safekeeping spell from that same grimoire. Sure. And so I don't necessarily think that will come up, but I just think that's interesting that she was looking through and finding other spells in the scribble as well. Okay. Do you think that Joe knows that Kai is in this prison world? And do you think she wants him in there or out of there? I think she knows he's in there. And I, I would bet that she doesn't want him out. Okay. I'm not 100% on that. Him sparing her makes their relationship a little unclear. Here's a question. I don't know that we've ever talked about this. Why would the Gemini Coven put him in a prison world and not just kill him? I think it's an extra punishment for something. Or, you know, there may be a possibility that, you know, this idea of a siphon is like rare and not common. And like, maybe that could be of use at some point for some nefarious purpose to make the Coven stronger. So maybe it's like as safekeeping... So that he doesn't use his powers against them. Yeah. But like, if we need a siphon for something, we like have him somewhere that we could essentially pull him out. Okay. We go back to the dorm. Liam now knocks on Elena's door because he's been just chugging Chardonnays all night and he can't find her anywhere. Yeah, just wandering around the most boring party on the planet. He says, hey. And she says, oh, hey, you're still talking to me. Sorry, I ran out like that. (laughs) But then he angrily gives her a file and she says, what's this? He is so unnecessary. I know. He says, I finally got to look at Lady Whitmore's labs. Turns out they sent her home without doing the shoulder surgery because the injury doesn't exist anymore. Seems to have spontaneously healed itself. Well, here's here's my thing. So not only did you look at the labs, you took the file home with you. Uh, I'm getting you fired. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Oh, I'm reporting you. He says, and all of this after meeting your dead boyfriend tonight? None of this adds up. The only thing that's really clear is you're not just a liar. You're a liar with secrets. So you can tell me the truth or I can figure this out on my own. He leaves. Number one, you're not figuring this out on your own, King. There's so many things you have to learn. You're not getting here on your own. Well, And you're such a pre-med boy, you're not going to go the magic route ever. Yeah. Number two, Elena, just compel him. Yeah. We had our fun it's not necessary for him to have any knowledge of this and it's not necessary for him to like do any sort of digging like he's not going to figure it out but like why let him try exactly we go over to the cemetery damon is walking he's got a bottle of bourbon as per usual he pours some bourbon on a grave and he says one for you one for me cheers horatio fell another damn fell yeah, because I was like, who is he giving whiskey to? Most of his friends came back. Yeah, the only grave he visits is Alaric. Yeah. He looks up at the sky, and that sky brings us to a memory. It's the memory that we've been talking about that we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Well, Stefan is drowning in a safe in the quarry. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to bring it up. But that's not in the memory. <laughs> that's beside <laughs> the point. We don't see him drown. We see Elena and Damon. They're looking, watching a meteor shower as clouds roll in, thunder rolls, and rain starts. And they look at each other, and they smile, and they laugh. And the next thing you know, they're soaked. It's a big rainstorm. 
Damon says, okay, time to abandon ship. Let's go. Annalena says, no, no, just wait. Give it a second. It'll clear up. They kiss. This is like the last iconic Delena kiss that we've been waiting to collect. What I knew that they had an iconic rain kiss, but I, I've seen very little of this at all. Yeah. Like I've seen a picture of them like kissing in the rain, but I like barely, like just enough to know that's what was happening. Yeah. So I actually got to experience this pretty fresh. That's great. This is a great one to experience fresh. Great kiss. Great, great kiss. Beautiful kiss. Elena pulls away and she says, promise me this is forever. And he says, I promise. And they're so in love. They smile at each other. They kiss more. It's really beautiful. He's really enjoying having the memory. And then we go over to the Salvatore Mausoleum. Damon pours out more bourbon as he's remembering this. And he says, to optimism. And then something catches his eye. It's Miss Cuddles, and he knows that's Bonnie's bear. And he says, Bonnie, and he hugs the bear, and he says, you're still alive. And that's where we end the episode. So he knows for a fact now that Bonnie is alive. He doesn't know much else. Mm -hmm. So how do you think this information will influence Damon going forward? How is he going to share it with everybody? What's their next move? Well, because this provides a level of hope that Bonnie is still alive. So he could, in theory, share this with other people and be like, hey, so when I said that she wasn't there, that was because I wasn't sure. That's because I thought she might be dead. No, I don't think he has to share this with everybody, but I do think it'd be worth sharing with like Alurk and Stefan Mm -hmm. because the bear thing, like he knows that the bear somehow came up. Mm -hmm. And so he knows Bonnie had something to do with that. But it's not like he knows that like all her magic is in this bear. And I think the only way that comes out is if Joe interacts with this bear in some way, because we're assuming she did a similar spell I don't know how else they would know this bear has magic in it. I think somehow we have to get enough information that this bear and bits enough bits of information get to Joe. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this episode is the end of the grieving chapter, which was our first chapter of season six. So what will be the next chapter, do you think? Any thoughts, theories? So I'm going to throw out a couple guesses. A couple like kind of throwaway layup guesses that are probably not right because they're what I try every time. And then I'm going to try another guess that puts a little too much information in. So maybe swinging the pendulum too far. Okay. So the two kind of throwaway guesses, Gemini chapter or some sort of anti-magic border chapter. Although I don't think we're quite to fixing the border yet. Yeah. The other option is that it is somehow, I don't think this is the name, but something related to like a family chapter because we have these threads like Kai and Joe, Sarah, or like some sort of like relationships connections chapter also because I'm going off the idea that grieving is just like an idea rather than like travelers. So like the families chapter. Yeah. Like I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'd be families, but like something like that, because it's also about like connecting memories back and bringing people back together. So something within that realm, the family tree chapter, like the togetherness chapter, but not that. Yeah. We called the togetherness chapter. But something in that realm. Okay. I was feeling kind of good about that, so I said it. <laughs> well, that's how it goes. And you said you had another guess? No, those were my guesses. Those were it. Okay. The family chapter was my bold guess. Yeah. Okay. Which is more embarrassing since you didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was that bold. <laughs> Interesting. I'm not going to tell you what the next chapter is because... Does it give things away? But the next chapter obviously begins the next episode. We'll be able to talk about the name of that chapter by the time we see next episode. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and her doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. 
And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.